Welcome to Dream Loudly, an I'm Possible original show sponsored by the Dream Loudly Foundation. And once again, we are your hosts, Micah Lancaster and Bryce Stanhope. And we got another great episode for you guys today. As we have in the past, we're going to start off with just listening to an audio, and that will be the main audio that we basically discuss on the show. So, Bryce, you ready? Yep. I'm going to go ahead and play it now. But I think there are a couple problems with converging younger players into a specific technique. Number one, you're most malleable when you are young. If you play a sport when you're young, it's much easier to learn that sport than when you start when you're 20 years old. You just learn skills a lot better because when you're younger, your nervous system is more malleable. So when we teach players the perfect technique at a young age, there's a chance that they're never able to break out of that. So we got perfect techniques being a problem. We got your nervous system being more malleable when you're young. We're discussing some deeper, quote unquote, scientific things. Trying to get real sciencey here. Real sciencey, which is which is a a movement. I would say that kind of an aggressive movement that some are taking. And it go, I think it goes a little far too. I mean, I think we try to get too deep into the science stuff right now, which my problem with science is always it's changing. It always changes. Something that was right 10 years ago now is seen as wrong. So I think we get too stuck on it a little bit. And um, as much as we try to nail down science, you know, this stuff is not easy to test in a lab. No, no. And so some of these so-called, you know, proofs in research and all that are yeah. really just theories. Yeah, right? for sure. And so it, it's just so disjointed. And so, but when people say it's in a scientific journal, then it comes across as it's supposed to be fact. Yeah. And obviously, we see this in the analytics movement, in the NBA, in high school and college, of mm-hmm. you know, the mid range being taken away. And now it's rearing its head into skill training and where people want to put everything in a scientific box or explanation and predict game transfer and other things like that. And obviously the part, and I think for the most part, people have some concept of this is, you know, little kids are more malleable, also known as they learn a little bit quicker. They pick up stuff a little bit faster and they have the ability to kind of make changes a little bit easier because they don't have what everybody likes to call those built in habits yet. But I still think it gets pushed a little too far at times where I think people almost use it as a cop out. Like older players are incapable of learning something strictly because they're older. The main cop out that I'm seeing within this movement and within basketball training in general is that these are excuses, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. not to get detailed. Absolutely. They're excuses not to dive deeper into skills. Don't even worry about what those skills are because there is this idea that a perfect technique doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So before we go there, though, let's discuss malleable okay so the malleable nervous system of younger players so basically the message that i heard here and obviously we're only getting small bits of the context here but this is the context we have we have this this quote and so that when a player is young their nervous system is more malleable so therefore you want to give them as much as you possibly can when they're young because it will be easier for them to learn it when they're young any disagreements on that no no disagreements at all like i mean i I think that's a very valid statement i don't think there's anything wrong with it um and I think we, we have seen players that, you know, they learn something when they're young. You know, we give them that perfect drop technique and it naturally kind of keeps growing as they get older. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And when I heard this the first time, I was like, ah, you almost had it. Yep. That's where my mind goes is you can have this foundational truth that's laid and that, that is fine. Your nervous system is more malleable when you're younger. 
But then the leap that you take or where you go next is we're like, oh, how'd you end up there? <laughs> because what, what's happening here is, yes, when someone's younger, their nervous system is more malleable. And so they learn easier. Yeah. So, but that, so if you say, hey, your nervous system is more malleable, I'm just going to keep saying that because that's scientific, right? That's a word everybody uses. If your nervous system is more malleable, then we're just going to give you as much freedom to learn as possible. And we're not going to get detailed. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to take that jump? So, for instance, this book, we have categorized in our skill dictionary hundreds of terms. We've been able to categorize a finite number of skills. And so we know that it's not unlimited. There's not thousands and thousands of footworks, Mm -hmm. right? There's a limitation to that. So this is actually a better solution for skill enhancement for a more malleable person. And that is give them all the details because they can handle all the details, you don't have to be random. You don't have to just say, hey, your nervous system is more malleable, so, so I'm not going to tell you anything is right or wrong. I'm just going to let you play. Mm-hmm. But I can, let's say if I go back to this, we have 20 different stops in this book. So what about this as a better solution? Is I teach a young player all 20 stops, knowing that their nervous system is more malleable. And now they have the ability to stop in 20 different ways. And now they don't have anything they ever have to break out of. Yeah, because that's what I heard the most is, is we don't want to give someone too much detail when they're young and then they'll never be able to break out of that habit. And I guess the part where I get confused a little bit is like, why would I want them to break out of it? Because for the for the most part is like, like I get get the whole concept of building habits, doing things of that sort. But as we've come to learn, too, is like if I teach you all 20, every player is going to kind of pick differently on which ones they use the most. And obviously there's going to be comments. We're going to see kids use, you know, speed stops a lot. It's just the most common, easiest stop for a higher level player, easier to tap into. Um, and then even when we went through the Kyrie report, we thought we were going to see a lot of drags. We actually didn't see as many drags as we thought we were going to. Um, so, we, so even with players, like I, I love to talk about those three brothers from New Jersey because it's fun because, you know, kind of separate in ages, all grew up doing the exact same training. But if you watch all three of them play, they all play different. And they started early. Right. Like their their dad understood it. I mean, I, I think they were kindergarten, like first grade, third grade when they started with me, and it was give them everything. And those kids just absorbed it. Like they wanted every bit of skill. We rarely did any repeat workouts. And then if you watch all three of them play, they're all three completely different players. One one stops differently. One has this little flair to their game. But you gave them all those options, all of those stops. They never had to unlearn it. They never had to try to replace. They just used what they kind of learned over time, and they all pick. They don't pick their style, their their sauce, as people like to call it. But like they all have their own ways. Yeah, and and obviously this is what we've been teaching for a long time. Yeah. Is you can give the player all the different skills, and they choose their identity over mm-hmm. time. And I think that's where identity is a good way to put it. It goes back to the cop out. Right. So if you haven't taken the time to categorize all the skills that are available, if you think there's an infinite or nearly infinite amount of skills and techniques, that's why I believe that they kind of shy away from that perfect technique. In all reality, there's 20 perfect techniques that are available for stops, for instance, that we've been able to identify. And so you can be specific and teach all 20 of those perfect techniques and then the player can pick and choose. But you said something interesting. And this is where I think their argument is coming from. You said most players are, you know, already good at speed stops because it's more common. But so many coaches only teach jump stops. Yeah. And so I think that this argument of basically avoiding detail 
is coming from the opinion of when coaches only teach jump stops and they don't teach the other 19 perfect stop footworks, that's when the problem occurs. Mm -hmm. Because they haven't identified all 20 of those stops and because they're coming against the traditional approach of only teaching a coach's favorite, that's where their whole point is. And all we really need to do is point them in the direction of what all those skills are and then teach people how to teach all those to the young kids. And I think the malleable thing is like, I don't know, I, I see this trend on social media a little bit where it's like everybody's just trying to act smarter than everybody else. So we throw out big words, but then they're there's noticeably not a lot of digging behind it. You can't just cover it up by using scientific words. And I think that's what it, it seems like sometimes. That's my issue with it. I feel yeah. like that's what it is. It seems like that's what it is. I mean, so often is you, you're, you're kind of missing the whole point, but you're throwing the scientific language out there. And so it kind of makes it seem like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, it's, and, and these are partial truths. So it's not even like you're missing the whole boat. Mm -hmm. But and like I said, I'll just keep beating this point home the detail is all there and the detail should be grasped if the detail was literally um infinite and there really wasn't a set amount of footworks that you could work on then i would say hey just set up your your boundary set up your environment and let's hope you can get as much of it as possible because man if there's that many combinations there's no way we can really train for it anyway but the truth of the matter is we've ran out – like let me just go through history on this. Over the past 10 years, we have just tirelessly termed up the game of basketball. We have looked at every single footwork, every single finish, every single shot, and basically said, can we name every movement? And for a while, we could still come up with names. It's getting a lot harder. Oh, it's getting harder. Because Absolutely. now when I look at a play, I can look at – from the beginning of the play to the end of the play, and I can tell you every single thing that happened with a word that has a definition. And obviously that was the Kyrie report. Like, right. That's why we were able to do that. And, and some people would say, hey, you don't need to do all that. But yeah, but what we're doing is we're analyzing the game to make sure that we know what all these skills are. And my whole point in that is saying we have come to a point where it's, it's like when we see something we can't name, we're... It's kind oh, of exciting. It's, yeah. yeah. Wow, wow, that's something new yeah. that we haven't taught. It's getting, it's getting more difficult for sure. And, and so the fact that we have a few hundred terms and we're running out of terms tells us that we now have a pretty controllable number of things to work on. Still a big daunting task, yeah. but it's not this thousands of combinations or thousands of skills. It's a few hundred skills. And in the span of 10 games in the Kai report, Kyrie used 171 skills in 10 games. That's a large amount of skills yeah. that he used. And we were able to identify each and every one of those. But if I was to have a young kid, then that's, and, and I know their nervous system's more malleable, then I want to gather as many of those perfect techniques, because there are perfect techniques, there's thresholds there. I want to give them the perfect speed stop. I want to give them the perfect jump stop. I want to give them the perfect extended stop, the perfect drag stop. I want to teach all those techniques to them. Because at the young age, now they're going to be able to use it however they want. Yeah. Kind of like you said earlier, that you'd almost, you have a better chance of actually forming an identity at that point. Yes. And, and, and there's no better time to do that than when they're young. They're malleable. So I agree. <laughs> I agree, though. They're, they're malleable. Their nervous system is yeah. more malleable. So yeah. give them as much detail as you can in the beginning, but don't shy away from the detail. The thing that I don't like about that quote is that, what he said at the very end 
is so when we teach players the perfect technique at a young age, there's a chance they're never able to break out of that. So th- what are you supposed to do with that? Not teach the perfect techniques? Yeah. But I, I think that that's also like just keeping things back in the category where we, t- we talk about keeping things always geared towards the naturals, like giving things chance. So like I'm, I'm going to tell you kind of what it is, but I'm not going to teach you exactly how to do it just to see if at some point you pick it up just by chance that you're more natural than everybody else. I still think everybody tries to steer away from the kids that just aren't natural versus, like I always talk about, kids can actually learn, players can learn. I mean, it's an easier system. Let's be real. So if I'm a coach and I don't have time to look into all these skills and techniques, then I'm just going to set up a drill. I'm going to allow the naturals to rise to the surface. They're going to be the players who play. The people who didn't get it naturally sit the bench, and I got it. I'm Mm -hmm. all set. That's the way basketball has been forever. Now, is it more intimidating to learn all these details and learn how to teach it and give it to players? Absolutely it is. It's a lot of work. But that's also how you can find someone that's your seventh or eighth man that could end up being a major player for you. That you otherwise would have well, missed. I have, a, I have a perfect example. I went and watched uh, one of my freshmen the other days. Cut as a seventh grader, barely made the eighth grade team, the eighth grade B team at that, and now starts as a ninth grader. And over the second half course, like the last like fifteen games, is averaging seventeen points per game. Again, kid that should have been right it off. Kid that a coach would have easily taken and just been like, okay, just be able to do these three things for me. And now looks like he's going to have a very good high school career and probably have a chance to play college somewhere. Just because we kept going through every single skill, just keep tracking your way through it, and then boom, it clicks. Yeah, it goes back to one of my favorite phrases I used to always say, immediately comes after persistence. And that's what training is, is you, you put in all this work, you work on all these skills, and you don't see the results right away, but you keep training it, you keep working on it, and then eventually you're in the game, and it immediately happens, and you're like, wow, I just did the drop. You might not have done it for two years of working on it, and all of a sudden it flows into the game, and that's how it works. The immediate results comes after the persistence. And if you give everyone the skills, you give them a chance to realize that on their own. Jeremy Lin, great example. We talked about this one a lot. He trained in his off-seasons not for next season, but for the year after. Mm -hmm. We probably need a whole episode to go over that concept right there of just being patient and waiting. But he understood that if I just work on all these skills, eventually it's going to flow into my game, but I can't force it. So, yes, I agree that if you try to force a detail as the main thing, then a player could get into such a habit of that thing that they wouldn't break out of it. But you just landed on the wrong place. So instead of just giving them one perfect technique, make sure you have enough knowledge to give them all or as close to all the perfect techniques as you can come up with. That's why like, I'm big right now and really talking about the concept, the difference between working out and training. Training, there's details. Training, like I have a schedule where I think most people just really work out. Even when we watch NBA players, like they just kind of go, they work out, they get a sweat, not much changes with their game versus that's why I think what's different with what we do with skill training is actually training players. Like there's a goal there, you know, there's the checklist system on the way. And I think that's where, again, like, you know, the malleable part, I think sometimes it does get very overrated and a cop out with an older player. Like, like I'll, I'll talk about this real briefly, but one of my favorite stories ever to tell kids, 
I trained a 72, 73-year-old man. His name was Doug Crawley. Loved Doug, most energetic guy I've ever seen. And his most hated saying was, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so when he came to you, you probably said right away, I'm sorry, Doug, your nervous system like is no longer malleable. You're, you're malleable. I'm going to have to go ahead and turn you away. Yeah, and, and Doug's biggest thing was, you know, he shot kind of like a stereotypical 70-year-old man, lift point way above his head. So he was just like, I just have no range now. Like, I just can't get the ball uh, to the basket. And I knew right away before I even saw him shot what it was going to be. It was going to be your typical 78-year-old man shot. I was like, no, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. He was like, no, I physically can't get the ball there. And all I did was teach him a low lift point. Within 15 shots, he was knocking down NBA threes. He was pumped. He was excited. Um, and again, like I think some of it for a lot of people is just mentality. And I see it with high school kids because they've been told, you know, people have been telling them they're not as malleable, but they just tell them like, hey, it's harder to learn as you get older. It's harder to do this. It's hard to change your shot. They come in with this panicky resentment of like, oh, I can't fix this. I've been doing this forever this way. Like, we're like, that's just not how it is versus people who have more of the mentality of like, I got this, I can fix this. It's amazing. They yeah. tend to be able to fix it right away. And and let's be honest, there's truth, obviously, to the science that your mm-hmm. nervous system is more malleable. How, yeah. many times, how many times have I said that line yeah. in this show? It's, but not, it's not wrong. It's, it's just, not it's wrong. Not that but the deep. degree in which they want to make yes. it right is mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. And we, I think that well, we're going to need a, a lot more time to talk on this topic, but we're going to have to get there sooner than later, mm. is that skills in general are not as hard as people are making no. them out to be. And shooting is the easiest one to talk about this on, is people will always say, I've been shooting like this for the last few years. There's no sense in me changing it now. Like, they're just stuck. Yeah. And we've been able to change people's shots pretty drastically in just a few days, a couple yeah. of days. doesn't take much time at and all. And just by making small little tweaks, finding the comfort level in it, and, and it's not as hard as people make it out. I think some of it's just even getting the player just to relax and understand like, hey, this, this fix isn't that crazy. This is easy if you just allow yourself to do it. Because as soon as they change one little thing, it's going to feel funny for the first 30 reps. It. And usually they quit on that mm-hmm. new thing in those first 30 reps because of how it feels. Yeah. And we've seen it over and over again that if they just stick with long enough – you're then that change it. will all of a sudden feel okay. Like, your, body, your body figures out things fast. I've been shooting like this for two years, but I did this new shot 50 times and it's already starting to feel pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good proof that you're mm-hmm. not locked in it. Yep. And so that's a whole different thing. But skills in general are so much easier to attain than people are giving it credit for. But if they really are able to look at how players really improve through skills, how easy it is to actually learn new skills – and replace and add on skills, no matter how old you are. If they really dive into this type of detail, they would see that they don't need to try to scientifically explain everything that way. Mm-hmm. A lot, some of it really is just logic and common sense. Yep. But that wraps up another episode of Dream Loudly. Once again, follow the Dream Loudly Foundation. There's going to be so many, so much news coming soon. Scholarships for players, coaches, and trainers around the around the country for basketball training and support. So much more coming for the Dream Lally Foundation. But until next time, I'm Michael Lancaster, and this is Bryce Stanhope. And just remember to keep dreaming loudly.